Were you going to have a party here tonight, son? Come on, join the party. Okay, let's party. I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. Welcome to the Rock and Real Show. I'm your host, Real, and I am joined by the prodigal son today. Uh, oh. I'm going to let him introduce himself. I'm joined by... Finally, The Rock has come back to the podcast. Unbelievable. I didn't think I would ever hear your voice in this podcast ever again. I hope our listeners are excited as I am. I, I made I made an inebriated promise, and I'm a man of my word, and I'm back. And we're going to get all into that inebriated, pro- pro- uh, inebriated <laughs> promise on this podcast. If you did not go to Lehigh University, this is probably not the podcast for you, because we're pretty much going to be talking about one subject this entire time. And oh, what a subject it is. And that's absolutely right, because this past Friday night, Lehigh University beat Duke University 75-70 to in the second round of the 2012 NCAA tournament. Oh, and, and I'm sure you can tell by my raspy, sexy voice that um, I just returned from a weekend filled with pandemonium and excitement. So bear with me with my with my new voice. Yeah, we're going to get all into that, but we're going to rewind this all the way back to the Patriot League Championship where Lehigh played Bucknell. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, when you play in a league like the Patriot League, you're not getting an automatic big in the NCAA tournament. You can go 0-25 during the regular season, but if you win those three games at the end of the year, you're going to the tournament. Tournament. And, you know, on the other side of that, you could probably go undefeated in the regular season, losing the first round of the Patriot League tournament, and you're not getting in. So it's a pretty big deal to win this tournament. It's an absolutely huge deal, deal. and unfortunately what it does is it diminishes the regular season because Lehigh and Bucknell had pretty identical records. They were like 23-7, and seven, right around something like that. So both teams thought that they could make it in, obviously, but they're never taking two teams from the Patriot League. Never. Ever. And that was also a big deal because we were the two-seed going in the tournament, and it's not like the Big East where you play in a neutral site for the championship. You actually play at the home t- at the higher seeds home court. So Lehigh had to play at Bucknell for the Patriot League championship. Right, right. So we're going in there, and it's, it's as hostile, I guess, as people from Bucknell can be. But certainly, um, Bucknell was absolutely favored. I believe we split games where we won at Bucknell during the regular season, and then they beat us more recently at Lehigh. So it was anyone's game. Absolutely. And this game was being shown on the CBS Sports Network, which was a channel I do not get. So I was watching this game on like CBS GameCast, just watching the text. I've never been so nervous watching text on a computer screen since probably watching porn in my younger days. I'm hoping my mom wouldn't catch me. I was going to say since, since like a text forum letters that you used to receive <laughs> or something like that. Right. And now you did get this game, though. I got this game on like channel a gazillion. I mean, I I was searching around. I haven't searched that high on my TV since something very similar to what you just said. <laughs> I mean, I was I was finding channels that I didn't know exist for like niches of our population. You know, like this this channel's for Puerto Rican Asians. What? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Those guys get their own channel? Yeah, but you'd be shocked who gets their own channel. And C- this is like CBS's seventh or eighth uh, sports channel. Like right after that is the Dodgeball Championship. Yeah, it's very telling that they have their own channel called CBS Sports Network. Yet when they're showing the NCAA tournament games, they're on CBS, TNT, TBS, and True TV. Right, right, certainly, certainly. 
So you were actually able to watch the game, and I know you were also sending me text messages during the Patriot League Championship, letting me know that we were pretty much dominating the game because they had no one who could match up with Patriot League Player of the Year, C.J. McCollum. And we were dominating, but what was very scary was we have no one that can handle a guy who's six foot eleven, which is a very common issue in the Patriot League. If you're that tall, odds are you're not going to a Patriot League team. You're going to play for like a, a center-friendly place like Georgetown. So they had this gawky six foot eleven guy who averaged like twenty eight points, ten rebounds for the whole year because he's playing against centers that are like six foot seven. Right. We have. I don't think we have anyone taller than six foot nine on our team. No, so we're just throwing bodies at him left and right. I'm screaming at the TV. We're dominating this game. We're a better team, but they have this guy. It's it's like, hey, if I let, I, let me go to the elementary school and play basketball with the fifth graders. I'll dominate. Right. Sickening. Yes, but we did find a way to pull it off, so that was the best part. So then we know we're going to the NCAA tournament at that point. Right, we, we know we're going, um, but we don't know where, and there's a lot of different places they can go because they don't really give us much consideration. They don't care where Lehigh goes. We could play at Albuquerque. We could play in Mars and China. I don't know. But we probably know we're probably going to be somewhere between a 14 through 16 seed. Now, I was very excited going into the bracketology, into the seeding, because I thought there was a good probability that Syracuse, another one of your alma maters, would be the number one seed playing out here in my hometown of Pittsburgh versus Lehigh, which I was actually hoping to be a 16 seed to put you in the conundrum of rooting for either Syracuse or Lehigh in that game. And when we spoke about that in the past and you said to me, who would you root for? I didn't have an answer. After this weekend, I can honestly say the answer is Lehigh. I, I was a madman on Friday. It has to be Lehigh. So as we're watching them you know, put teams in different regions, I was very mad that we didn't get matched up against Syracuse. Also mad that we didn't get the matchup against Ohio State that Loyola of Maryland got as a 15th seed playing here in Pittsburgh. I thought that was our spot. But then you told me something which changed my opinion a little bit on it. Right, right. I After it happened, yes, I was angry because if both of my teams, Syracuse and Lehigh, were in Pittsburgh, I was making the trip to Pittsburgh. Right. I was there. I was ready to, to meet the listeners. I was ready to party. I was ready to get my, my Pittsburgh on. Right. Um, so I was all pumped. But seeing Duke as I did, listen, I hate me some Duke. Hate, hate, hate. And I, I, I thought, you know what, this is a very overrated Duke team. If they didn't have the words Duke across their chest, this wouldn't even be a two seed. So I was pumped about the matchup. I thought that in the, uh, playing Duke, we had the best player. Yes. Yeah, I have to give you credit. You definitely called me out on this. You said to me, you know, when we talked not on the podcast but offline, you said this is a much better matchup. It's a good thing we're not playing Ohio State and Solinger. You're like, this is definitely a team we could beat. Right. We don't want to. We don't want to play a team that has like a bunch of horses, like that can out physical us. That's not what a Patriot League team does. A Patriot League team can beat a team that's a bunch of pretty boys, you know, a little silver spoon up their ass, kids. Um, and that that's Duke to a T. Absolutely. Now, my other concern though is we were playing Duke in North Carolina. Right, which is another thing that really bugs the crap out of me every year, where Duke and North Carolina, they, they have this little loophole where they travel all the way to Greensboro, where they travel to like Charlotte, and they call that, oh, it's not an away game because we're playing 10 miles away from your campus, not eight. And this happens every single year. But during the game, it was kind of a good thing because, one, the Lehigh fans traveled really well. You saw they had the big cutout heads like they have at a lot of the major schools, tons of signs, a lot of brown in the crowd. And also, all the fans that were also there to see North Carolina were turned against the Duke fans. 
So it's a beautiful thing. And anytime you can root out of hate, which I do 90% of the time, it's just an absolute beautiful thing. And no one except for people who went to Duke or their loser bandwagon, oh, I would like to root for a winner, Duke fans that are around the nation, were actually rooting for this piece of crap team. Um, so we, we, we basically took them to Brown Town. Yeah, that's what's so rewarding about winning a game like that. Not only being the sixth 15 seed to beat a number two seed, but the fact that we beat Duke. You know, Duke's, a, I think, a three-time national championship, and they're this nationally loved team by people who have no association whatsoever with Duke. Uh, you know, like like my brother-in-law who went to Penn State, but for some reason likes Penn State football and Duke basketball. Bandwagon, give me Wait, a break. You mean he's not a, he's not a big Penn State basketball fan? Right, right. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, you went to your school. How about you root for your team? Right. <laughs> so that's why it's so great beating a team like Duke. Uh, do we want? Let's talk about the game a little before we talk about your experience and my experience of actually watching the game. Yes. So. Very early on, even though he wasn't hitting his shots, it was very apparent that C.J. McCollum was the best player on the floor. You, you just felt like, you know, the biggest issue I felt was give him the ball. Early on, you realized that they were trying to prevent him from getting the rock. And then what happened was he could get a shot anytime he wanted to. He, I, I've been telling people all week, this guy has NBA talent. He just might be a little undersized. And, of course, everyone's looking at me like, yeah, whatever, dude. You know, uh, are you wasted? Breathalyze this kid. So <laughs> I, I, I wish I could post the tweets. I wish I could post all my text messages, which have basically said all week, we have the best player on the court. Yeah, I've been more saying this. Same thing when I was at work all week, just saying we really have a shot. We have the sixth leading scorer in the nation with C.J. McCollum. And like you said, he can get his shot from anywhere on the floor anytime he wanted on the, on the, in that game. He could drive. He could step back. He could shoot threes. He was more athletic than any anyone Duke had at that position. And Duke has some serious talent, especially guys who, you know, Stephen Curry, Stephon Curry's brother, Seth Curry, plays for Duke, and Doc Rivers' son, Austin Rivers, plays for Duke, and they were no match for C.J. McCollum. Right, because they they went to little, the little rich kids. They went to some pampered uh, private school where they dogged everybody. And Duke is a classic soft team. So they, they roll through the ACC for the most part, really not playing anyone that's up to their caliber because they recruit all, you know, eight All-Americans every single year. And then Lehigh doesn't buy into their hype, and they lay the smackdown on them. Yeah, the nicest thing about the game is we hung with them the entire way. Like, you were never worried about it. The other thing, too, was kind of crazy was Lehigh was a 12-point underdog. And when I spoke to you before the game, we were both saying how much we liked Lehigh with the points. And we even was had a good feeling going into the game that we could win. Right. I, I thought it was – listen, I get I get the line because most of America is like, who's Lehigh? But it's disrespectful. Absolutely. If you watch 10 minutes of that Bucknell game, you would say this, this guy could play for any university in the country. And I, I don't know his backstory, but I'm pretty sure something must have happened. Or he was a little too smart to you know, go to one of these schools and he wanted to actually get a real education. And mind you, Duke in theory is a good school. Every one of those dudes who plays basketball for them is a sociology major or a general studies major. I know that for a fact. So don't tell me that they get a Duke education. Their education is is they're all rich kids anyway, so who cares? And by the way, those freaking Plumley boys, I hate, I hate them. the Plumley boys. Hate them. It, it, seriously, someone should IQ test because I think they're all a little slow. <laughs> 
Uh, so also going into the game, again, we hung with them the entire game. And some of our role players did a great job, too. McKnight at the point did a great job of handling the ball. And I don't think they actually played Knutson enough. I thought Knutson had a really great performance. I think he was like four from five for the field, four for four from the line. And he always seemed to come up with a big rebound when we need it. Actually, Mike Shusevsky supposed to be this great coach. I think he made a tactical mistake by not going to the Plumlee brothers more often on the inside and just trying to get our you know bigger guys who aren't that big in foul trouble, where at the end of the game, those, those Plumlee brothers could have dominated. I completely agree. And uh, if you recall, off the tip, I believe, or the Duke's first possession was a runaway dunk by one of the Plumlee douches. And my first thought was, oh, God, they're going to out-physical us. We might get blown off the court. If this is the way it's going to be, we have to make Duke work for every single basket. And, of course, because, once again, Duke's so damn soft, softer than an arts and science education at Lehigh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that <laughs> – I, yeah, I'm a product of that education. So there you go. Um, but yeah, because, because again, Coach K is so overrated. When you have all the best players, it's not hard to win 20 games every single year. But what do you do during those difficult games? There have been a couple. There's a couple websites where they do statistics. And mind you, this was before Duke won that that BS championship two years ago, where they they proved that no team underachieves more in the tournament than Duke, leading up to their seed, playing to their seed. Yes. So, you know, once again, put put this in the in the data set because we own you. Right. Uh, let's talk about a little, a little bit of our viewing experience now. So I was pumped up for this game all day long. I was wearing my Lehigh polo to work on Friday. I know you actually took off of work Friday. I, I took off of work because Thursday was just absurd trying to do my job and at the same time, you know, have on my computer and, and reading about the games. I knew that that was just unacceptable for the Friday games. Um, so I took off of work. I met up with a bunch of friends down at a bar in the Atlantic City area. I had my Lehigh hoodie on. We got to the bar at noon. The Lehigh game, I believe, started at, what, like 7.50? So, yeah, 7.15, somewhere in there. So after 7 o'clock. Now, what kind of reception did you get at this bar? wearing your Lehigh sweatshirt when you got there at noon. When I got there at noon, um, first off, when I got there at noon, it was it initially was like a local sports bar, um, and the Le- no no one they didn't know what it was. In fact, the bartenders looked at me because it was one of those brown just said Lehigh on it. They looked at me like, "What what does that mean? What is that?" Right. Yeah, that they knew they knew at the end what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, initially it, it was I was just sitting there and I wasn't really making much of a a stink. You know, just hanging out with my boys, drinking a little bit, long day. Uh, and then the bar at about five o'clock turned into something totally different. A DJ showed up. Um, a bunch of other people that weren't as into the basketball showed up. The, the second part of the bar opened up and it turned into one of those like like hardcore party bars with oh by the way sports is on the TV still. Gotcha. And I got a little worried and I said to my buddy, oh man, you know, now people are like dressing up to come here. I have my hoodie on. Maybe I should like change. And I was just too lazy and uh, a little tipsy to, to walk back to my buddy's place. So I just kept it on. Right. Plus you're not gay. Right, right. right. Plus, plus, plus that, you know. But, but if if I had any chance to to meet any lovely ladies and they watch Lehigh get dogged, and I'm wearing this hoodie when they're wearing their go out clothes, it's just not much of a chance for me. Gotcha. But that proved to be a moot point. It's because later when the game starts, I'm sure you got a lot of attention in the other fashion. Because like you're saying, maybe no one ever heard of Lehigh when they were playing Duke before the game. But as the night's going on and we're in this game. From opening tip till beating them in the end, I'm sure you were getting a lot of attention the other way. 
well now now at this point it's it's sort of packed um the dj's kicking and this begins at like 7 seven fifty. i walked from our little area of real estate that we hadn't moved from for like you know five hours to get a closer look because my vision's not all that good i want to be really close so i'm cheering every bucket people are starting to like gather around me because i'm like flipping out right. i'm taking pictures i have pictures of every time lehigh was winning because when lehigh played kansas a couple years ago they were up by two in the first two minutes and everyone took a picture and it was like in the alumni bulletin yes so i figured oh i'd do that again people are looking at me like this kid is nuts i had this one this one girl pointing at the tv almost like a price is right spokesmodel or something <laughs> you know i'm like point the tv point the tv took a picture every time they were up every time out every this every that i um, so i'm watching the game the, the huge tv is about 10 feet in front of me i turn around at halftime and i see this vortex of people around me like they don't get too close but it's 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 almost like i'm the sun and they're the planets like yes. they're orbiting me they want to be in orbit around you because they can feel something special is going down. They, they definitely can. And remember, people are walking up to me during the day before this is on. And they're just like, what's up with the brown hoodie? Like our, our school colors are like duty colors. Yes. It's like you, you don't choose to wear this out unless you work for UPS. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. So like this is obviously a conscious decision. So I flip around and I'm like pumping out my chest like Lehigh, Lehigh. And, you know, at the beginning of the night, they're like, what? What? You guys are in what? I never (laughs) heard of your school. Now, and also we're in Atlantic City, which is sort of close to Philly. So I figured there'd be like more Lehigh people there. But there wasn't. So, um, you know, as as the game went on, I am flipping out. There's this couple that. You know, they're taking pictures of me pointing at the TV every time out now. Now now it's like getting insane where every time out I'm taking pictures, I'm handing my phone to people and they're looking at me. With five minutes left, this whole crew of dudes hands me whiskey shots. Because <laughs> they I, can see we have it in the bag. Well, th- that's what they thought. And my, and my friends who were about 30 yards behind me because they're talking to girls, you know, at this point I'm asexual, meaning that <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not talking to anybody. My friends look at me and they're like, You're, you'll jinx yourself. Don't do it. Right. Don't do it. You know, and I took the shots with these guys and they just started booing me like, dude, you just that's bad karma. You don't do shots to victory when it's not over yet. Okay, that's a good point. Right. So, you know, I'm flipping out. Every time Duke scores, my buddies are looking and they're saying, Rock, rock, shots, you did shots, premature shotage. You know, so it's uh, you know, now at this point, there's probably about three minutes left. The DJ, I'm screaming at the DJ, like, shut it off. There's a <laughs> dance floor. I don't care if you're playing the most popular Justin Bieber song or whatever. Get it off. Get it off. Put on my game. Yes, I'm the only one into it. Put on my game. But there had to be some feel. Because, again, this thing doesn't – even if you don't watch tor- the tournament, even if you're not a big college basketball fan, everyone's into brackets. And it's not every day that a 15 seed beats a 2 seed, even though earlier in the day, Norfolk State did beat Missouri. It, it just – at that time, it wasn't that type of bar. Like it really changed into like a dance floor, dance party, younger crowd bar. Right. Like so it wasn't – like I, I was probably the only one, you know, the games were all on, but I was definitely the only one that was really like like this. So how about when Lehigh finally wraps up the victory? You know, again, we win 75-70. Uh, Lehigh fans going bananas. I know I was just at home with my girlfriend. We both went to Lehigh. We met at Lehigh. We were in the same freshman hall. We were in the same freshman English class, actually, me, The Rock, and my girlfriend. And we're just going bananas. I mean, again, 
very similar but different situation to yours. We are screaming at the television. We're in a townhouse. We have neighbors right next to us. They probably couldn't have had any concept of what was going on at 9 o'clock on a Friday night. Because it's like, oh, are the Steelers on? The Penguins ain't on. What are these <laughs> insanos screaming at their television for? Well, you know, when you hear that much screaming, it's either robbery or something crazy. <laughs> crazy's going on. Domestic so violence? Say, right. After they rule out the robbery, they better turn on the TV and recognize. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, after Lehigh wrapped it up, did you get any additional shots or people buying you shots? Did you get any additional attention? After Lehigh wrapped it up, I turned around and people were running to me to high five me. <laughs> like, and now, now the hoodie is like, I'm, I'm Lehigh. That's my name. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lehigh, Lehigh, Gary, shots, shots. The, the couple, the, the woman who I made point the TV, she grabbed my hand and her husband was right there. She grabs my hand. She goes, I want to dance with you. So she grabs my hand out to the dance floor and we're like jumping up and down the techno. All these other people are jumping around me. Like I just won something, you know, more shots. My boys, when I come back they're they're like shots shots i got all these shots lined up like it's my 21st birthday at the tally ho or something so i'm going crazy now you know after it calms down a little now i'm like i'm like the godfather where i'm sitting and people are like in line to visit with me you know so they're waiting and they come they go, i just want to tell you rock that's awesome man so you went there huh and i'm like yeah dude i went there i was there handshake handshake cheers drink shot and then they move on. Yeah, it was a great day. Again, it's probably the highlight in our Lehigh alumni athletic career. Without a doubt. I mean, obviously, Lehigh Lafayette's a big deal for us, but it does not get the national attention that, it, that a Lehigh basketball victory over Duke in the NCAA tournament gets. I mean, think of how many brackets we busted. I don't know what the percentage is, but I'm assuming at least 5% of all ESPN brackets had Duke as the champion. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I heard, I heard a stat that... Only like, what was it two? Could it be two percent of people had Lehigh? That, that even sounds like a bit high. I think it was one point nine percent. I saw that one of the Lehigh people I follow on Twitter said one point nine percent of brackets had Lehigh beating Duke. So that means ninety eight percent of the whatever it is four million brackets that get chosen on ESPN had Lehigh winning. And and you know what I was just thinking, which makes this even sweeter. So this is like the was it twenty fifth anniversary of that stupid Chris Christian Leitner shot? Yeah, twenty fifth or twentieth. Yeah, yeah. Good. So the next anniversary will be some sort of anniversary for this. Eat it. Plus, it would have been possible that Kentucky could have ended up playing Duke, which would have been just even more sick because that's another team that disgusts me. Don't don't even call yourself a university when you when you have half these these scumbag players on your team. Right. I mean, you can call your university university. Just don't call your team part of the university. Right. Right. You're 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 not. Yeah. Honestly, you you guys don't go to class. And the, and that's it. You're there, one and done. I, I was telling my buddy, how funny would it be to be the um, the academic counselor for one of these one and done Kentucky players, where you're trying to lay out a schedule and you're talking about how you want to get these requirements out of the way for your junior year? Yeah. Like, how do you even say that with a straight face to these guys? I don't think they even come to that meeting. Those players. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Like, like, how do you say the word GPA with a straight face? Oh, you want to work hard so that you can get this requirement out of the way, so when you're a senior, you can take these classes for your major. Ah, your major, okay, because you're going to be a sociologist or a general studiesologist, <laughs> right? Undeclaredologist. My major is basketball. Right, right. Like, like when when does when does one of these guys stop the academic advisor and be like, "Yo, dude, 
give me a give me an effing break. <laughs> right. So it's actually kind of funny. Then the reaction the next day. I know you went back out to the bar. I went out Saturday morning to run some errands. And I was still wearing the t-shirt. Uh, I've been wearing it all weekend. I refuse to take it off. It's my right. third day in a row I'm wearing this Lehigh t-shirt because I don't want to jinx anything. But then people are telling me someone in the grocery store next to me, Giant Eagle, actually said to me. Oh, did you jump on the bandwagon? Oh, no. Right. I'm like, wait, are you serious? You honestly think they won last night. I somehow UPS this to get this overnighted to me so I could wear it out Saturday afternoon. I'm like, I went there. I went there five years, and I came back to live on campus for two more years. I invented the bandwagon. There, there, I love that line. Absolutely. And I think that, that that's the moment you deserve the flip out. Like, absolutely. You deserve the crazy flip out where you drop the F-bomb on. I'm like, dude, no, no, no. This, this is legit. This isn't like a, a Wisconsin or an Ohio State winning a big game where they have bandwagon fans because people like winners. Like, if you own – where are you going out and buying Lehigh attire anyway in a moment's notice? Right. 350 miles from Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Right, right. So that, that that's when you got to pop out your chest and be like, kiss the ring, MFR. <laughs> yes. Now, also, after the Lehigh game, we were going to play the winner of Xavier versus Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Xavier ended up winning, but I know I was really, really rooting for Notre Dame because the only thing better than beating Duke would have been beating Duke and Notre Dame in the same weekend because Notre Dame is another one of these schools like Duke that has a national, fo- national following for no reason whatsoever. It's like, oh, hey, I'm Catholic. I like Notre Dame. What the fuck do you like holy cross too right right well and no and, and people would like holy cross if they just won more right. I, i've never seen another university because there's a lot of religious affiliations with universities but whoever the marketing geniuses are back in the day that somehow got the catholic church associated with this school as opposed to every other catholic institution it's absurd it, like where where where's the where's the jewish school that that dominates sports. No. <laughs> well. <laughs> well Lehigh. <laughs> I I don't I don't even know. But yeah, just like you, I I really contemplated going back because we went back to the bar the next day for another twelve hour session. And I really thought about wearing my hoodie again, but it was soaked with beer and sweat. <laughs> right. And, and victory. It smelled like beer, sweat, and victory. <laughs> So we're not playing Notre Dame. We're going against Xavier tonight around 7.40, Sunday night. This is We're recording this on Sunday afternoon. Yes. We're going up Xavier. They're from Cincinnati, Ohio, and they have a very good player. His name's, I think, Two. I don't know if it's Two or True. Two Holloway, I think that's how it's pronounced. Sure. I don't know how we match up with him, but I still don't think they have anyone that can guard CJ McCollum. I agree. He should be able to get his if he gets the rest of the team involved. If they if they rebound like they did, uh, you know, against Duke, this should be all all good. But again, we just have to recognize that now all of a sudden we're a national entity, at least for our 15 minutes of fame. Teams like ours don't do don't do too well when we have time to read our press clippings. Yes. So I'm hoping because I know that um, the head coach and McCollum were on a lot of national syndicated interviews, and that's not good for a team like us. We want to constantly and perpetually be the team that's getting dogged. Yeah, you want to be under the radar, sneak up on people, have them not even realize how good C.J. McCollum is, and he's a possible NBA draft pick one of these days. Right, right. So it's my hope that this is – I, hopefully a blessing that we're playing in, in two days as opposed to, you know, if we, if we win, pray to God, pray to we God. have a week of Lehigh's awesome situation, which yeah. is great for us, but I don't think it's good for the team. Agreed. Uh, do you, I, I look at a line today. You know, have any idea what the line is? Uh, but, 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 you know, I don't know. I, if I were a betting man, which I, I am, I would, I would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like 10 and a half. How do you feel about our chances tonight? 
I feel I feel pretty good. I felt I felt good against Duke. I feel good against this this team as well. But I feel like there's a much better chance of us getting blown out in this game because of the good sentiment of we just shocked the world. We're happy to be here. And that that's a coach's job to make sure that our team isn't comfortable with the fact that we just won that huge game. Absolutely. So that's the most important thing. I do think it seems like our coach is very down to earth and he can kind of put that onto the team to say, you know, it's just one game. The idea of this tournament is to win six games. So winning one really isn't a big deal. Right. Winning one isn't a big deal. And people have short, short memories. I mean, Bucknell did something like this a couple of years ago, correct? Uh, I don't think they won it. Yeah, I think they did won one game. They, they, they beat Kansas, I think. Could, it, could that be true? Could be true. Or maybe they just made it close. They might have lost in the last second. But uh, but what I'm saying is is that uh, you you got to string some stuff together to be remembered. Um, because right now, yeah, we'll remember it. But I, I'm not sure that this will be remembered. It'll be remembered in terms of 215, but we want more. Okay, let's talk about we that for a second. Re- so we were the second 15 seed to win, you know. But the fact that we beat Duke has a lot more clout than Northfolk State beating Missouri. Absolutely. I think most people view Missouri as a very soft um, number two seed, certainly not a perennial powerhouse. So I don't think Missouri's ever won a national championship. Right, absolutely. And I don't think Missouri garners the same amount of hate. Um, as, as a Duke team, I mean, literally, you can go. There's a there's a website right now. It's called DidDukeWin.com, and then you click on it, and all it says is the word no. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I you know, so so think about it. People actually spend time to write the code for that. It's awesome. That is awesome. Getting back to tonight's spread, actually, Leah is getting respected. Just looking at USA Today, and they have different of the online sports books numbers up there. Uh, Legends.com has Xavier as a four and a half point favor. Five Dimes.com has Xavier as a four point favor, and JustBet.com has Xavier also as a four point favor. Okay. Well, then we're, we're then we're getting a lot of respect. It, it seems to me like uh, Vegas and the rest of the nation, I think, uh, recognize that we have a damn good player who probably could have played for any one of these D1 schools that's a mid-major or a major. Now, today, tonight at 6 o'clock, Norfolk State is playing Florida. They are not getting the respect. Uh, they're like a 14-point dog across the board. Right. Because we, we beat a national powerhouse. Everybody's taking notice. And um, a lot of the tweets from a lot of the ESPN brass – had the the conclusion they said this did not look like an upset this looked like a team that was that beat another team it's not like we hit a buzzer beater we were winning for a good chunk of that second half if not the whole second half so i mean take take the the names off the jerseys and we beat this team yeah and like i think i we keep repeating our same thing about cj mccollum it's like when things were getting in trouble like when we were only up by like one or two he got his own shot and either made it or got to the line and made the free throws even though his free throw shooting was shaky at some points like we really could have put it out of hand at the end if we would hit a couple more free throws right right and 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 again i mean part of this is i think that duke is a very overconfident team if not cocky and i'm not sure that you know bucknell played us really well if you watch the game they knew that mccollum was going to burn us they made sure they work as hard as they could not to get him the ball at all and duke you know while they tried to do that it's almost like they're they've already they already overlooked they just assumed this was an inevitability that they were going to win this game right well that's why you're that's why you're sitting at home and you're no actually you're not you're not at home you're in your mansion daddy's mansion because you're all coaches kids and all your dads and moms and whatnot either live on some rich kid farm or your your parents played the nba there's rich kid farms the, yeah they're, they're like uh they, they make like lettuce for mcdonald's or something <laughs> 
And that's a rich. That's where the Plumleys, I assume, live. I got a rich kid farm. (laughs) So we're looking forward to that. I cannot wait. Now let's just talk about our own brackets because the one thing was I know we were saying Missouri is a national powerhouse. I actually had Missouri winning the national championship, so my bracket got busted earlier Friday afternoon. So I am all in on Lehigh. Like I really don't care what happens for the rest of the tournament. I just want Lehigh to win as many games as possible. Obviously, winning six games would be the best scenario possible, but every game they play just makes me happier and happier. This Lehigh win was so big to me. I was actually trying to think, you know, I haven't had a lot of great sports victories in my sports fandom career, and I don't know where this one ranks, but the only thing that could possibly rank higher going forward would be like a Bengals Super Bowl or a Pirates World Series, and I don't see either of those two things happening. Well, you you know what's so awesome about this? When when you root for a team like like the Penguins or whoever, you're you're in more often than not you're in the city, right? right? You're in the city, so it's an everybody versus people that you don't really know from another city situation. Correct. Right, so everyone's wearing the, the attire. Like after this podcast tapes, I want to go run an errand like at a food store with my hoodie on. Yes. Because no one else has it. It's my team. It's not the city's team. That again, so that people just come up to me. Oh, oh, you, you just spent a hundred dollars to buy milk and food and whatever for the week. It's on us. Go Lehigh. <laughs> Can that happen? They make a great story. Right. I just I just want to be seen in public. I just want to walk around. You know, when the Giants won it all, you know, everyone's wearing Giants stuff around here. Well, that's great, and so was I. But there's there, I, I want to feel special. I want to feel special, goddammit. <laughs> and I felt special the other day. I agree. I, I cannot wait for tonight. I'm really looking forward to the game. The only downside of tonight's game is my I'm in a fantasy baseball league with nine other guys, eight of them who also went to Lehigh. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we decided the best time for our draft would be 7 o'clock tonight. So, so after this game, I'm like, we need to change this draft time. Like, there's no fucking way we should be trying to deal with a baseball draft when there is a basketball game, which is the pinnacle so far of our Lehigh sports alumni, you know, career. I, I can't I, – and no one will change it. No one's agreeing to change it. I am in disbelief. I – Listen, I, I don't know who these guys are that went to Lee. Well, I do, but but t- tell them to you know go to a physician, have them check to see that their genitalia is still attached to their body because that is unacceptable. Uh, I'm sorry, real. You are not in a fantasy baseball league this year. I, I can't let you do it. I literally was saying to them like I, I don't know. Like, I, 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 I would screw everyone over because you can't have an odd number of people in the league. Then, like, then do it. That's what you 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 got to pull a Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, and just say hey. I'm screwing the team. You guys want to have a fantasy league? You do it on – you're not even being selfish. You went to Lehigh most of you freaking I, – I, oh, my God. That's disgusting. Yeah, it's 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 mind-blowing, right? I mean this isn't like – again, like we're not Kansas. We're not Kentucky. We, this doesn't happen all the time. We don't play for a chance to go to the Sweet 16 on a yearly basis. Right, right. So – Whoever's holding this up, you actually have the leverage, real. In fact, I, I, right now as we speak, I would text if I were you and just say, we're not doing it unless it's at this time. You know, Get back to me in 10 minutes or this is an ultimatum that expires. Right. No, that's a good point. I, I really – I was sticking to my guns early, but then the farther I got w- away from the game, the more guilty I feel. But it oh. just seems like insane that this is the biggest moment in Lehigh sports history. Okay, so if it's the biggest moment, then prove it and make everybody else subservient to that. It's not like you're the one Lehigh guy and they all went to Duke and you're in some crazy Duke basketball league, in which case I would just say screw the whole fantasy league over anyway. These guys aren't real sports fans. But 
Yeah, I mean, for shame. For shame. <laughs> and for shame for you for associating these people. And I hope these people are listening to the podcast also, by the way. Stop listening. We don't want you. <laughs> Says the guy who's only back for one special appearance. But I, don't, I don't even want you to listen to my one special appearance. <laughs> Trust me, if, if, I, if I could ban you, somehow put a virus through to your feed. Now, I, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but let's say we do pull off a win against Xavier. You know, God help us. Yeah. Could I get you to drunkenly promise to come back for another podcast? Yes, but I will I will be at the game. Whoa, going to Atlanta? Sure. I, I didn't even know where it was. I'll be at the game. 100%. 100%. I, you know, my, my hierarchy of values, Lehigh's pretty high, and it's definitely above job. <laughs> right. Wow, uh, that's awesome. Yep. So I'll, I'll be I'll be in Atlanta. It'll be it, uh, it'll be fantastic. That's funny. I I forgot that they weren't um that they weren't in the east. I thought they were going to be in Boston, which is a much easier trip <laughs> Right, me. which is a but, train ride but, away. But I, but I guess the Rock's going <laughs> to simulcast from Atlanta. Dirty South. <laughs> the Dirty South. Uh what else is going on in the Rock's life? I think, you know, while I got you on the podcast for this special appearance, I think some people, I know I've been really talking about on the other podcasts I've had and yeah. also, you know, throwing it out there on Twitter, the whole concept of Year of the Rock. And this Lehigh win only strengthens the strengthens the idea of Year of the Rock. Well, I mean, the Year of the Rock is something that you came up with because by most accounts, my 2011 was pretty darn awful in in a multitude of ways. We're talking sports, socially. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. Sports, socially. <laughs> right. All right. What else is there? Yeah, the way so, the way you said it to me once, you said 2011 pretty much sucked my ass. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sure at, at at one point I. I you know, stated it was like that, which it was. And so you say, hey, things have to get better. Let's do this year of the rock. And, you know, I sort of rolled my eyes because, okay, we'll, we'll see. You know, just because uh, some sort of ball drops, you know, in Times Square doesn't mean that things get to start all over. True. But, um, but yeah, so, so far, 2012 has been absolutely fantastic for me. And you're not the only one. People have come up to me who know me and been like, dude, you're having a monster year this year. Yeah, because let's recap some of the things that had to happen. The Giants had to win, I don't know how many games the end of the regular season, but they must have had to sweep their end of the regular season to make it into the playoffs. They make it in as a wild card. Uh, they have the one home game against Atlanta, but then go on the road for two more. Is that correct? Correct. Win at? Green Bay and then at San Francisco and then beat the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl again? The most hated team, the Patriots, of course. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a good thing. And even though the Knicks ain't great, the Jeremy Lin thing was definitely exciting for you. And I was there for his first game. Yes. Uh, I brought that up in the podcast. You were at that New Jersey game. I was at that New Jersey game and I had like seats that I could never ever afford because my brother-in-law works for Morgan Stanley. So it was like Seats where you walk into this tunnel and there's this lounge with like an open bar and sushi and like a, a chauffeur who caters to your every need. I mean, it was out of control and I didn't even want to go because I'm like, oh, Knicks Nets. And at that time, the Knicks weren't a big ticket. So despite that, I was like, I, I, I don't know. I can take it or leave it. And wasn't there even a, a Knicks celebrity in your booth? Oh, the, the the host comes out to our seats and goes, guys, in, in the lounge right now, John Starks is just chilling. If anyone, any of you guys want an autograph or want to talk with him, feel free. And my father and I look at each other we're like, nah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked at us. He's like, really? This never happened before. You guys don't want to talk to John Starks? Nah, I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. That's what kind of clout you have. You can just blow off John Starks. Oh, blow off John Starks. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, you may have dunked on Jordan once in the playoffs, but eh, whatever. 
I just I just wasn't like I wasn't there to sit and watch the game on TV and have to schmooze with John Starks like well, you think it's cool and then you realize you, you don't have any what are you gonna say to him? Oh dude, nice dunk. Like, yeah. What are you gonna say to him, really? But New York still is at least hanging on as of today, hanging on to the eight seed in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. We're we're hanging on, but at least right now they're relevant. I love me some Knicks. They haven't been worth watching for for years, and finally, at least they're exciting. Win or lose, now I, I actually genuinely care, as opposed to oh, they lost again. This team doesn't have anyone on it that that I can remotely root for. Another thing for Year of the Rock, obviously the Lehigh win, and uh, we didn't have our horrible Oscar preview show with you and I, where you just make the same Winter Bone joke the whole time. Right, right. Or, or I make a comment that I haven't seen any of those movies, and so I'm going to base it on the title. Right. Now, the one good thing for Year of the Rock is your girl, Stacey Keebler, who when we did the Esquire bracket last year you were very high on, was probably the best-looking girl at the Grammys, or at the Oscars. Not only best-looking girl at the Oscars, she took a step up in terms of A-list celebrities. She, I, I have a whole theory on her. You know, right before before George Clooney, she was very much a B-list celebrity, and she was dating like other wrestlers. She was dating like reality stars and stuff like that. And then Clooney, like sort of Clooney, is like the uh, the horse whisperer, but for girls. Like he finds you, and he's like, "Wait a second, this chick is six feet tall, forty-eight inch legs. What is she doing?" dating the third guy who got eliminated from the Big Brother house. Right. <laughs> you know, I am going to co- come here, girl. And and by the way, the fact that he's 60 and she's like 30 means nothing when you're George Clooney. Because the things that he's showing her, like, hey, does um does Mr. Fifth Place Big Brother house have a villa in Italy? Oh, no? Well, here's my villa. And by the way, nice to meet you. My name is Brad Pitt. Oh, he's just hanging out in the guest room. <laughs> right. We're going you know, on the yacht later if you want to come. Right. Uh, oh, you think I'm a little old for you? Oh, dude, let, let, let me show you the pool house then. Oh, let, let me guess what? You're going to the Oscars now. Because would you have gone to the Oscars with the guy who was on Real World Road Roost Challenge that you're now dating? <laughs> no. No. So, you know, the fact that he's showing this stuff proves to me that, that that's really all you need. I mean, Elizabeth Canalis, who was his ex-girlfriend, had an interview where he's like, yeah, our relationship was more like a father-daughter relationship. Yeah, but th- that's because you're 25 and he's 60. Yeah. You know, you know what you're getting into, girl. Right. And then also, what's also – because we talked about this last year about this time when we did the Esquire bracket, and I really wanted to push Kate Upton. We haven't had a chance to talk to you regarding the Kate Upton cover on Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Issue this year. Okay, I mean, you you called it before before it even happened. I mean, you picked her out before the curve, right? I mean, Esquire did it for me, but I definitely acknowledged the potential. I mean, I think Esquire had her as like a 12 seed in their little bracket thing last year, but I thought she had everything you're looking for in a modern day sex symbol. Well, you know, it's interesting because someone brought it up at the bar the other day. They Kate Upton thing, and I said, "Oh, my buddy, real!" Like called it out when she was actually underage. <laughs> you know, they probably <laughs> not the best best way to preface it. Right. But I, I asked some guy randomly because you and I have talked about it exhaustively. I said, "Dude, what? Why? Why do you pick her out? Like, there's 10 million models." He goes, "Dude." Her face looks like she's about 15. Her body looks like she's 25. And she's not real thin. And she like has like this Barbie doll. I'm six feet tall, big boobed. And she's not overly bright, so she's not intimidating when you hear her talk. She's perfect. <laughs> That's a, that sums it up. That's not me saying it, mind you, listeners. Right. But- <laughs> but I think that, that that's really what sums it up. Like she's just – she looks like she was created by science. And yet when you're not – 
It's, it's even better. Now, listen to this, women. You know, when you have implants, okay, that's all well and good. But when you look like you have implants, like she does, but she doesn't, that that's what guys are really like. That's even better. You know, long hair, small waist, huge rack. That's the formula. Right, right. And she's not a rail thin girl, all things being for a model. She really isn't. If she didn't work out, she'd have a little bit of a belly on her because, I mean, she has really big breasts. And, like, I, I've, I've studied this. I've done the statistical analysis on her body. Okay. And that, that, that's that's what it is. If you look at some of her older pictures before the swimsuit issue this year, she had a little bit of a paunch stomach in some shots. Um, and then I'm sure she got a little more famous, a little more wealthy, and she realized, yeah, I got to get a trainer. And if you look at her pictures now in this this year's Illustrated uh, Sports Illustrated issue, she doesn't have that belly anymore. Now, have you seen the MLB 2K12 commercials with her? Yes. And they, they're actually promoting her as like Kate Upton's perfect. Maybe you could be, and you could win a million dollars if you're the first person to throw a perfect game on uh, MLB 2K12. Right. Right. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy because I feel like this was Marissa Miller who had this type of fame like two or three years ago, but she's not even on anyone's radar. And I'm sure she's on someone's radar, but you know, you just don't hear about Marissa Miller anymore. Where I think Kate Upton has some staying power just because of how young she is. I think that Marissa Miller always had, to me, a very harsh-looking face. Like she had very definitive features, mm-hmm. um, and and I just don't think that that translates. There's something very young and childish about Kate Upton. Kate Upton's more blonde than she is, actually a little taller. And I, I just, I, you, this is this is why they call it the it factor. You cannot put tangible words and get it right about why is it that we like her, but there's been blondes sort of kind of that approximate her every single year. And yet everyone's like, okay, here it is. Last thing on Kate Upton. I watched Saturday Night Live a couple weeks ago when Maya Randolph was hosting, and Kate Upton was actually on. She was one of the people who did What Up With That, uh, the skit with Kenan Thompson from Good Burger. Uh, right. She was like one of the guests on there. Also in this episode, Justin Timberlake came on and did some stuff in a couple of bits. Mm-hmm. What is the percentage chance that the now engaged Justin Upton, Justin Upton, Justin Timberlake banged Kate Upton that night at the Saturday Night Live after party? Well, well, again, it's, it's a George Clooney scenario. Like, if you're going to get a hold of Kate Upton, this is the best time because she just had an explosion of fame and popularity. The day that her Sports Illustrated uh, cover came out, her Twitter following went up 20,000 people. So she's this is her first rodeo of this A-list fame, so to speak. Right. So Justin can still show her things like George Clooney that she's not really privy to. Hey, you want to go to the Grammys? Let's go to the Grammys, right? right? So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like if if he wanted to, he could. Right. But he's so into Jessica Biel. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, for, for the for the moment, right. you know, Jessica Biel right now, to me, hasn't been in a movie or has, really hasn't done anything of, of note that warrants her celebrity other than be with Justin Timberlake. If she if she continues on this trend because we know how narcissistic people like Justin Timberlake are, I guarantee you they won't be married. For more than two years. Guarantee. If Justin they even Timberlake. make it to being married. Even if they make it to the wedding. Right, right. I mean, Justin Timberlake has to be with someone who is who he considers his equal. This I call the J-Lo theory as well. Right. You Good know. theory. Jennifer Lopez is not marrying the dancer again. No. Right? She's marrying the guy who looks like Shrek, like her ex-husband, uh, Mark Anthony, but who's as loaded as she is, as famous as she is, if not more, um, he is in the Latin American community. That's who she marries yeah, from like now Like that on. pit bull guy or whatever. You can see her marrying him. Right, but uh, again, when you're at that level like J-Lo is, pit bull's got to show her a little something more. 
Okay, you've been famous uh, for two years. You you got to do a little more, buddy. <laughs> uh, let's see what else is going on in the year of the Rock. Uh, how is I, I'd be a, a mi- oh wait, let me get to it a second. We were talking about girls, we were talking about bodies. I would be a miss if I did not talk we about. Right, thank you. I, if I did not talk about uh, the Le- Lehigh cheerleaders getting shown during the game. The Lehigh, uh, okay. <laughs> I I missed this part because during the commercials, um, I was dancing around, jumping up and down, accepting shots from people who were giving them to me. So the second the timeout was called, I'm like running around the bar like a psycho. Right. Um, but I'm getting all these text messages during the game like from Lehigh friends that say, ugh, our cheerleaders are disgusting. And my, my thought is, okay, um, yeah, we don't go to a school like Vanderbilt where Southern Bells are the cheerleaders, but okay, they're fine. Well, now I see a couple of pictures online of what they were talking about and what they were showing. And let's just put it this way. It wasn't in our best interest to show some of these cheerleaders. Um, yeah. Yeah, how about more shots of the band? More, more cowbell. More anything. <laughs> more, right. More shots of the band. More shots of uh, uh, I don't know, Vicky V. I don't even care. <laughs> right. And the plum leaves. So, again, a lot of things to be very proud of. Lehigh's a very beautiful campus. You get a very good education. Uh, the Lehigh Lafayette football rivalry, the longest-running rivalry in college football. This fo- The basketball team obviously bring a lot of excitement, but I can't be all pro Lehigh if not bringing up the one thing which is getting a little buzz around the internet um, that's not making us look so great. Right, but you know, it, it's sort of a we're going to win on the back end because I hear the biggest losers coming to our campus. <laughs> so you know, we're going to got some potential. We're, we're going to yeah, we're we're going to get we're going to get some help on that. <laughs> uh, you want to do a little reels real review because I saw a movie yeah. this past week. Well, while you got me here, well, I got oh, you yeah. here. I saw Twenty One Jump Street with Jonah Hill and Channing Tatum. Oh, you did, did you? I did. Uh, now, without if for those of you who have the remember Reels Real Review, this is a situation or part of the show where Rock's going to review the show without ever seeing it, and then I'll tell you what I thought of because I actually saw the show. So without ever seeing 21 Jump Street, what did you think, Rock? I think that um, 21 Jump Street is – Oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure it's going to make a lot of money and I'm sure it's hilarious. I don't like these flavor of the month brand new A-listers like Jonah Hill. Um, I, I just – I find him – I found him to be funny in doses. But now that he's famous, he's sort of making me sick. Too much Jonah Hill. So right away, I'm not really into this movie. And you know they paid Jonah Hill all the money and the other guy didn't get nearly as much because that's what they do in movies. Um but I, I, I'm sure that it's good, but I'm sure anyone who's a fan of 21 Jump Street, it, it sickens them to watch this movie. Um, and I bet you the movie's awful with barely a plot because really what's selling the movie are two things, all 21 Jump Street fans and Jonah Hill. So what is it? They go back to school. They look really young. I'm sure they have a couple of jokes about how old they look even though they're supposed to look young. Ha, ha, ha. The end, the end. They solved the crime. Everyone's happy, and that's it. This movie sucks. Nah, the movie's actually funny. I would recommend you going to see it. I'll tell you why. It did humor in a bunch of different ways. It was very self-deprecating. It did – you liked Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, right? Yeah. They did a little bit of that stuff where – with some graphics, not too much of it, not as much as Scott Pilgrim, but they brought that in there. There was also some car chase humor, like in the middle of the car chase. They were doing witty one-liners. Now, great. You are you are right that the plot is rather thin and weak, and obviously they played up the uh, – yeah, they look a little bit older, how these guys get in the high school kind of thing. But again – it was self-deprecating. Also, you're talking about 21 Jump Street fans. 21 Jump Street was on a long time ago, and it was a serious show. So I don't think anyone who watched you know, 21 Jump Street with Johnny Demp is relating this to that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's worth giving it a shot. I think you'll really 
surprise yourself at how funny it was. We were in a packed theater. We were seeing a premiere, and it was so funny crowd would still be laughing you were actually missing jokes because people were still laughing from the last one really yes uh, i am i am pleasantly surprised that maybe maybe i'll see the movie i just think that jonah hill tries too hard now i think that he knows he's supposed to be funny where in movies like super bad it was written and it was funny and now he tries to be almost like a jim carrey situation okay and I, I don't know, just like lately, his last few movies, I just don't find him to be funny. And he makes all these jokes about, oh, well, I'm thin. It didn't change how funny I am. Yes, it did, dude. Yes, it did. And you know it, and you're pressing. I know. I would give it a shot. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised about how funny it was. All right. All right. All right. Last, let's just wrap up the podcast with just, could you give us any update on the rock dating life, which was always a popular uh, portion of the old rock and reel show? The, the rock dating life has been, I, I think, pretty pretty good lately. Um, dating a couple of girls simultaneously. Oh, yes, and you know, I I, I don't want to I don't want to delve into it that that much, but it's it's definitely taken a, a turn for the better since we we last connected, podcast listeners. <laughs> so since we left the rock, his dating life is getting much better. Anything that could has any potential for being a little more serious down the road? I mean, we'll, we'll see. You know the. I, I think that they all have, have good potential. We shall see. That I, I'm trying to take like a – I'm not trying to get ahead of myself. How's that? That's fine. Just like just like tonight. As Lehigh fans, we're not trying to get ahead of ourselves uh, with this Xavier team. We're on hope for the best. Uh, see what happens. Uh, I know I'm incredibly excited. That, that was a professional-grade segue there. I love thanks, that. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I, get, I get my groove back when you're back. Apparently. Look, look at this. This this is like a pick and roll. I give you the ball and you slam it home. <laughs> Any final words for us? Uh, you know, I, it's great to be back. I absolutely love it. Hopefully, Lehigh gives me a reason to come back again next week. And maybe I'll have to uh, bring my computer on down to the hotel room so we can Skype it up in Atlanta. Fantastic. And like I say around these parts, it's the year of the rock. And keep it real. Hey, this is Real, and uh, as a special treat, I'm going to attach to the end of this podcast a voicemail that was sort of infamous in Lehigh history. Uh, we didn't have cell phones back when we were in college, so I used to leave voicemail in people's rooms, and this voicemail got left from a certain young lady to a young gentleman, and then got passed around through campus so it wouldn't be deleted. There's a little bit of a long intro, so I do apologize for that, but that only makes the payoff at the end all that much better. Hope you enjoy. First archived message. Hey, DJ, make it to an MP3. Yo, Lyle, here's a message from your mother. Yeah, here it is again. Listen to this shit. Uh, one more time. Uh, it's just that good. I cannot believe how far this has gone. It's got to stop. It has to. I, I've got this message from 85,000 people. Please, please, someone stop it. Yo, fellas, I know we've all heard it before, but uh, pass it on. This chain letter is getting bigger and bigger. Yo, Crapper, listen to this and listen to how many people have already got this fucking thing. Ted, hey, I'm sure you've heard this, but one more time's a charm. Aaron, you've got to hear this. Oh, Vicky, you're going to just love this thing. I'm going to title this thing, bitch. Baba boy. Listen to this. Guys, this is fucking hilarious. You have to listen to this. Yo, check this out, okay? This is some shit. Hey, brothers, check this out. You should get a kick out of this one. The eagle has crashed. Yo, Aaron, here it is, man. Yo, Newman, this bitch has a furious dick up her ass. Yo, you guys gotta hear this. Pass it on and on. Yo, everyone, 
needs to hear this. So whoever gets this next has to forward it on and on and on. Hey, Chris, this is a fucking hilarious message. So um, just send it around. Okay, bye. Hey, lady, I thought this I thought this would make you really laugh. This is like the funniest shit I've ever seen. You gotta listen to this. You guys, I have to send this around. This is the funniest voicemail that's going around all campus. I figured everyone wants to hear this. Uh, your whole house must too. Awesome. Here you go, Matt. Yo, Bork, listen to this shit. Yo, Matt, listen to this. Yo, boys, listen to this. Yo, check out this chick, bro. She's flipping out. This is what happens when it's that time of the month and you stick it in their ass. Yo, what the hell is this chick's problem? Hi, this is Thais. Um, it's like quarter after 12 on, I guess, Wednesday night. Um, and I'm just going to be kind of bored about this. I don't ever want to hear from you again. Like, first of all, I think that if you're going to talk shit about me, pick a better fucking person to do it besides Frank, you dumbass. Like, you wouldn't fucking tell me. And about you calling me a bitch. If you want to see bitch, I'll give you bitch. Like, I will show you bitch. Like, you've never had it before, you asshole. Like, don't you dare. Don't you fucking dare open your mouth to say anything like that about me again. Do you understand? Like, who the hell do you think you are, some fucking lazy freshman? You so fucking lucky that I even batted an eyelash to pay attention to you at left. And stupid, stupid, like, I'm fucking stupid, like, talking to a wall. God damn you. Like, you're the one who fucking can't even complete a semester, you asshole. Don't call me fucking stupid. I'll tell you how to wash my windows one day, you piece of shit. If you ever come within ten feet of me again, God help you, you're gonna die. Go, go, go away. The party's over. We heard there were some bad boys in here. There were, but they left.